Hey everyone, this is Krista and I just want to thank you for watching and I'm doing a conversation here. I always like to do some practical conversations with people that I know that have had to live out their Christian beliefs, their Christian theology in real life. And so I want to introduce everyone to my friend Sarah and uh, Sarah and I have uh, been walking together in life for about uh, three or four years now and I have just been incredibly blessed by knowing Sarah. She has really uh, helped me grow spiritually in huge ways and challenged my faith in, in ways. And I love that about her. And I'm just like thrilled for you guys to be able to meet her and interact with her a little bit. And Sarah, let's talk a little bit about your background. You grew up in a Christian home. You had Christian parents. Uh, your father's a pastor. You went to Bible college. Yep. And while you were in Bible college, you met your future husband. And uh, so just tell us a little bit about your situation there as, uh, as it pertains to the conversations we've been having in our class about LGBT issues. So yes, I met my what would be a future husband in um, college. And we both grew up in the same church system. And um, attended this this similar uh, Bible college and um, kind of lost connection for a couple of years after I graduated, but then reconnected at a friend's wedding and just really hit it off and um, decided, you know, we were both in the same page, the same level, heading the same direction and um, that it was just a good, a good timing and a good connection for us. And um, after we were talking very seriously about moving forward and getting engaged and, and beginning life together, um, he did tell me that, um, one of his struggles was he was attracted to men and it's not something he ever acted on, you know, with the very rather, um, rather strict religious group that we were in. That was not an option in his mind. He was not allowed at all to entertain those thoughts, but it was something that went on for him and he just wanted to be upfront with me about that reality. And both of us being fairly young and naive thought, well, we'll, we'll follow what is considered, you know, what is to be you know, the Lord's original and best design we'll get married. Both of us were virgins at the time. It's going to solve that problem. And um, amazingly, somehow, after all of that, um, we got married and those problems didn't go away for him. Um, they just actually worsened over time because he was still living essentially this, living in this way that he thought he was required to by biblical law and yet feeling all these other things that were not being satisfied or, or, or whatnot. And he felt locked in this, um, just this two, like this two lives, two lives really um, of not knowing what to do um, in that circumstance. So as you guys were walking forward in your early marriage, did you try to seek help? Did you, did he go to therapy? Was he in support groups? Like how were you dealing with his attraction toward men as you were married? About five years into the marriage, he did come to me and he said, I, I've got to get help with this. This is not a healthy or good situation for anybody. And um, so we need to get some counseling. So we found a support group um, and we attended for about two years, I believe. Um, every week we'd be at a support group, which was very useful and supportive and helpful for him because he was finally connecting with people who were Christian, but also had these struggles or um, they were married to people who have struggles. So um, it's just in camaraderie and community, it does breed so much life and freedom to know that you're not alone. I think that's the enemy. One of the enemy's schemes is just to make you feel like you're alone in this and you have to just deal. Um, 
So it was very helpful and useful, and it was probably the, I would say, one of the most most helpful and productive times of our marriage when he had that support. Um, but then due to circumstances in our lives, we decided to relocate over back to California and he didn't seek that support or help, which does, it, it is available, but he didn't seek it out. So um, we came back and everything became really hard all over again. Um, there was a lot that was going on with his choices and stuff. Now, by this point, you had a couple of kids in the mix too. Two. And yeah. So you had two kids, you move from East Coast to West Coast, and now he doesn't have that support system in place. So kind of what was the next phase of your marriage? Like, what did you see happen in your relationship? And how did that, how did that become more manifest to you over time? We were living in the same house, but we kind of just became roommates because he was beginning to live out that lifestyle on the side. And, um, I was just trying to stand for the marriage that I committed to. And so um, I took care of the kids and I was a stay at home mom. And then when my daughter got sick and passed away um, at that point, he had already solidified in his mind that that was his true self. That lifestyle was what he was truly meant to be. And if, if that wasn't against, I'm sorry, if that was against what the Lord has for him, then the Lord was just mean and cruel. And so he was okay with walking away from religion and, and those things because he wanted to be true to himself. And so at that point, and he came to me and said that he was, um, he wanted to pursue that lifestyle. And so that pretty effectively ended the marriage from where I stood. I mean, I did wait for about six months or so, waited to see if on his own, he, the Lord was going to step in and, and change his mind, I guess. I, I don't know that I know that he can do that, but I didn't know. I just waited. And about six months, um, the Lord gave me uh, essentially gave me peace and a sense of release from that relationship because things weren't shifting on side. So we did end up getting divorced and he does still fully live that lifestyle. And we raised our son uh, through, you know, dual custody and stuff. Yeah. That was a very hard time in your life. I'm sure to, yes. and there were times, I mean, were there times when you weren't aware that he was engaged in that lifestyle on the side and you thought like, hey, we're committed, we've been in a support group, we've had the, these conversations, I know this is an issue, but he, your assumption, I think, was that he's working on things and he's wanting to be faithful, but in fact, he was giving in and going down a, a completely different path. Yeah, when we first started attending the group, the support group when we were in North Carolina, uh, we had been attending maybe two weeks when uh, he came, my husband came to me and said, Hey, I, I we just have to be, I got to be upfront with you that it's been some time now, a while now that I've been, you know, acting out and living this a dual life really. And I really had no idea. Um, so that was a very, very challenging time. Um, just trying to figure out where to go from there. You know, what do I believe? What do I feel the Lord's called me to? What, how do you stand by someone? But, and, and what I ended up coming to is he did want to, at that point, work on the marriage. He wanted to continue with the support group. He wanted to find help. So I was willing to come alongside him in that and see if we could move forward. Um, so yeah, that was very, very challenging to have that reality come to light, I guess. And, and part of the big question we're talking about in class is the question, how do we love? And mm -hmm. in, in that situation, here you are, you're married to a guy and he comes and he confesses like, hey, I've been unfaithful to you. And you're like, okay, 
uh, are you willing to work on it? And he says, yes, I'm willing to work on it. And you're in a situation and you're going to keep walking forward together in marriage with the hope and the expectation that you're both working on things. And right. So for you in that time, that was how you were loving him is you felt like, okay, I'm offering him forgiveness. I'm giving him grace. We're going to work on things. It's this hard. This is not what I signed up for when I got married. Right. It's not what I wanted, but I'm willing to walk through this. But then when you moved out here and your daughter passes away then he makes a decision I'm totally a hundred percent I'm going in this lifestyle um and then you had to walk into a different way of loving him which was letting the marriage go at that right. point and that was probably also a step of love for yourself in mm -hmm. and for your son I mean that that's a very complicated decision to make Yes, absolutely. And I think people, we would love for life to be very black and white and we would love to be able to just jump. Okay, well, you've made that decision or declaration, so I'm out. And the Lord doesn't necessarily always give us a quick gimme out clause. Like there's a sense of sometimes we have to sit in the rigor of what is until we bring it to whatever closure we will. And so a sense of waiting for the Lord to give me clearance that the marriage was over and not calling it myself, but actually waiting for the Lord to give me that sense of peace and reality. Um, because up until then, I don't know what God is going to do or what he's up to. And then yes, once it became clear and I had that sense of reality, it was still very hard to walk out because that's saying goodbye to something you didn't anticipate ever saying goodbye to. That's allowing essentially someone by letting go, letting him live out this lifestyle that I know is not God's best for him. But reality is he's an adult and he gets to make that choice. That's the whole free will thing. So I can't be his Holy Spirit. And I think so often as people, we want to be that for people. I'm going to be your Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you what God says. And that's not always our calling. That's not, that's not the, the role the Lord has given us as people. As you're walking through the situation of divorce. Now, I think that a lot of people would look at that situation that you were in and think, you must have a lot of hurt and resentment and maybe even hatred and bitterness in your heart toward your ex-husband for what he's put you through, the, the unfaithfulness and, and the, the dissolution of your marriage. But the, the reality is, is that you are in a co-parenting partnership with him, right. with your son. And your son is still at stake. And when you got divorced, your son was very young. And... Mm -hmm you know, you're like, okay, how am I going to live this out? And so in, walk me through some of your thoughts about how you're raising your son together in a shared custody situation with your ex-husband who's now living with another guy. And mm -hmm. what does that look like for you? It's very challenging. And there were times that it was like, it was gut-wrenching to think, I don't have control. And I hate not having control, but that it was reality is he was making these choices and these lifestyle things. And he was happy to have our son along with him at least half the time. And as heart wrenching as that was at times to know different things, even still that he can, and my son can, and is exposed to, um, again, I, I don't have control over that. Um, to some regard, I can bring things up with my husband if there's something specific, uh, he almost always agrees with me with the things I do bring to him and bring to his attention. He's like, yeah, absolutely. He's very protective of our son. He just isn't always aware of the things that 
his life is essentially exposing our son to. So both he and his partner um, have religious backgrounds. And so I think they both know about God. They both have a sense of who he is. They just don't walk with him and they don't attend a church. And so um, I couldn't tell you, you know, I'm, I, it's not in me to know someone's heart as the scripture says. So um, I don't know that one day they, one or both of them won't change their mind and decide to reunite with the Lord and the Lord can work that out. That's none of my business. And that's our hope and prayer. There's times I pray with my son that his dads will find the Lord and um, that that will shift for them because they have their own household and their own family that the Lord loves and wants to, wants to be involved with. Um, so that's our hope and prayer. And I just be as upfront as I can with my son with the questions that he's always allowed to bring me. And there's a lot of discussion that we have and we're very clear about the rules and how things are in our household because that we can control. And so the houses are very different. And sometimes I feel, oh man, like the other house is going to feel like the party house and he's going to want to be there more. But reality is kids love and need boundaries. And so the more upfront and real we are with him here, the more he does appreciate it. And, and it, it does show itself even already. So it is hard. And I don't know that that goes away, but I know that God is faithful, even in circumstances that don't, that aren't by any means optimal. You told me once, it's just so stuck with me is you said, I can't control the situations that my son is in and I can't always be with him, but the Lord always is. Right. And you had I mean, at the time, you know, I was really much more leaning uh, in Reformed and Calvinistic theology than I do today. But um, at that time, I thought, wow, Sarah's got even a higher view of God's providence than I do, because you have to live it out every day with mm -hmm. your son and knowing that he's going to be exposed to things his dad is going to decide that you don't agree with, that you don't think are God's best for your ex-husband or for your son. Right. But you trust God that much that he is going to do something in your son to make himself real to your son. And that, that the life that he lives with you, you live that in such a transparent and vulnerable way with him, that that's going to be a faith that is going to, going to stick with him. But right. it's it, when you're involved in a co-parenting situation with somebody that's kind of in a state of mind of unrepentant sin, it's, it's just an endless string of awkward and difficult conversations, isn't yes, it? It definitely is. And my husband now and I have a lot of conversations about it because I still have times of what in the world and what is he thinking? And did he just say that? But, you know, then I get to process that throughout of my emotion and however that shows up and actually process it. We um, actually, my husband now is really good at remembering to look at things from my ex-husband's point of view. This is how he sees things. This is how, and it's often so much how I'm sure the Lord would take me to see things if I would just slow down enough for me to see it. Um, but it's a lot of trying to be understanding of their situation, not excusing it, but perspective changes everything. So it's so funny how little things can trigger me. And yet, you know, I still want to be able to see things the way God sees them and be understanding of in his situation. And the, honestly, the sometimes really rough um, lifestyle and, and um, drama that he tends to exist in and just call normal. Um, so I want to be understanding of that, you know. Talk to me about how you think about your ex-husband now, because I know you well enough to know that even though you're remarried and your current husband is amazing and 
I love it that right behind you is your pillow there. It says Mrs. Mr. and Mrs. Uh -huh. and, and the beautiful road of redemption that you walk every day because of your current marriage and your awesome new little baby son. Yay. I, I love that. Um, talk to me about how you love your ex-husband. And people might think that's a weird question, but sure. you, I know you do view your ex-husband still as not just a human being, but somebody who was walking with you in the Lord for a yeah. while. And that, you know, he's somebody that your true longing in your soul is that he would come back to the Lord. Right. You know, talk to me a little bit about how you're, how you love him now. It's hard because it's almost like you're watching a, a friend or someone who's making choices you do not agree with. So we're not super uber close, but he is still family. And we're not, you know, we still do things together. Like my son was playing soccer recently. So we went to the games and we sat together and we discussed and we played and we goofed off. And I can be a help to them and an encouragement, however opportunity shows itself. Um, and it will show up different ways and it won't always be easy, but um, there are still people and we still will have an ongoing relationship. And we actually do occasionally go to dinner together um, and we, we just try to spend time because no matter what, we will still, you know, share that little boy and we will need to see things, not always exactly the same, but we have to be able to reach levels of not just okay, but friendship because it will make such a difference for him. And a lot of this process has been from that perspective of what will be best for him because this does shape and frame everything he'll see from now on in life. You know, inevitably some part of him will always wish that his dad and I will get back together. That clearly won't be happening, but that's normal for humans to want that. I had a, a counselor recently tell me that that longing, even in adults, doesn't go away until one of the parent dies. So it's like, this will be an ongoing conversation and, and story. And I don't know what my ex-husband's life will look like if he'll continue with the partner he's with now or if it will change, which is pretty common for that lifestyle. Um, so I don't know, but I want to be supportive for Christian and so thus supportive of his dad with whatever that looks like. If he's hurting, I can be with him in his hurt. And if he's happy and fine, then yay, let's go have dinner and just celebrate or whatever. So that doesn't mean I'm approving of his life. There's no question between him and I that I don't approve, but um, I don't need to approve. It's He's not waiting for my approval. So just a sense of wanting to be with another human in life and walk that out. Yeah, I know at your church, you go to a church where other people who struggle with same-sex attraction issues go there. And I asked you once, and I thought this was the most beautiful answer I'd ever heard. And it just, it absolutely impacted me. And I asked you once, I said, what if your ex-husband ever wanted to come back to your church? And he decided like, he had some revelation, some moment where he thought, I want to try to get back into church. I want to try to get back into a relationship with the Lord. Would you be okay with that? And you were, you didn't have to think about it. You were just so quick to say, oh, absolutely. I would be totally fine with that. I would welcome that. And I, that shocked me because I thought, really, you would be okay if he came back. And even if you and your, your, your new husband were there and you had all these mutual friends and then there was your ex-husband, that wouldn't be awkward to you at all. And you were like, oh no. You, and you were so clear about your stand for love for your ex-husband of like, look, there's a part of me that loves him mm -hmm. and I want God's best for him. And if he thought that coming back to the Lord was a path, you know, that, that coming back to the church was a path to coming back to the Lord, I would welcome that. Right. And, and I just thought, wow, that, 
that is just such a beautiful picture of love, I think. It was just such an awesome moment to me of just how truly um, Christ-like love looks. Sure. It's, it's wonderful. Now, at your church situation, how do you guys handle things with people who do struggle with same-sex attraction? Because I know you're in leadership at your church. Do you guys have um, rules about that, about who's in leadership or, you know, what you expect them to be doing or working on or, you know, how do you guys kind of navigate that as church leaders? Anyone who's in leadership, if they end up in their personal lives going through something that's a challenge, um, regardless of what that looks like, if that's a struggle of, you know, sexuality, if that's a divorce, if that's whatever that is, um, as a church group, as a, it could as be a, anything. As a, it could be porn addiction, adultery. Right. If we know that something like that. comes up and they're in a leadership role, depending on the situation, we um, will come alongside and figure out how exactly to support them. Rather, it's regular meeting with us um, and, and wanting to just have conversation and process that through. If they're feeling overwhelmed and they just have so much going on that um, we want to help alleviate that, then we may remove their need to be leading that particular ministry. Um, but we want to help support them in moving forward with what's going to be best, the Lord's best for them. Um, so however that looks, um, if that's needing to, like I said, remove responsibility for the sake of, you know, lightening their load, then that's awesome. And that's, will help them in that way. It's not necessarily, Oh, you messed up, slap your hand on you go. Um, one of our, our church philosophies is if you mess up, you fess up. It's not a surprise to us when a human has a struggle or a problem it doesn't end everything and we boot them out. It's a sense of, okay, we know this is happening. How can we support you? How can we come around you? And what does the Bible say? And what does scripture say? And, and how can we, um, what are you up for? Like we can't force them into shifting gears. What are you up for? And what can we do to support you in the way that we think it's going to be the best for you in your situation? And there's a lot of emphasis in your church. I know on personal responsibility, like, Part of what you're hoping they're up for is accepting that responsibility, confessing it, repenting, turning, turning away from that sin. If they need help and support, counseling, to explore, like, how did I get into this situation? Right. How did I get this far down the road in this sin? That that's option is available. Mm-hmm. But it's not just a nebulous, like, um, a situation where you're just going to let people go forward in ministry, um, regardless of their sin issues, you, you're right. really wanting them to own that and then begin to explore having a change of mind about that. Yeah. And to the most part, it does seem like, depending on the situation, the Lord really does go before us and working that out. There are some who they've already made up their mind. They want to do this thing and they've already like parted ways and left before they even tell us what's going on. So the need to even have any kind of what might be church discipline or whatever has been removed because they removed themselves. It's heartbreaking to have people leave always, but especially when they've made up and cultivated this concept in their mind of we won't support them or we weren't there in the first place and and people have their stories. Um, So to the most part, we haven't had to step in and make these drastic changes. It's like the Lord allows them through their difficulty or whatever to kind of figure it out. And, And the ones that, we've kind of relieved, relieved them of some of the stresses or difficulties so we could help them to focus. I watched the Lord start to regenerate and rebuild and, and make things better and right. So luckily we don't have to play the executioner. Most of the time it seems to work itself out. 
Well, thanks for talking to us. I really appreciate your vulnerability and just sharing a little bit about your story. Sure. I think it's really going to help people. And uh, just thank you for all the impact that you've made on my life and all that you've sown into, into me. Gosh, I'm going to cry. Yeah, it's <laughs> just been amazing. And I'm just so grateful that the Lord has had our paths crossed because um, your example of love for your ex-husband, for your son, and through all that you've been through has just been so inspirational for me and challenged me to love people better and to walk through difficulties with people better. So thanks. I really appreciate you sharing sure. with us. All right. Thank you.